put all that down. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, so we'll just talk about this and I don't know. See what happens. Okay. Here we go. Hello and welcome to this Monday edition of the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast, a show that is for the fans, by the fans. I am your phenomenal host, Mr. Podcasting, Chris Belcher. You can follow me at Chris Belcher 24 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The show is at PBW Podcast on those platforms as well. Make sure you give us a follow. Interact with us on social media. That is the best way for us to know if you're digging what we're doing. If we're talking about what you want to hear about, and that is our goal on the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast, is to please you, the listeners, because without you, the listeners, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. We would just be talking in a room by ourselves. Wait a minute. We already are. Anyway, that's beside the point. Again, my name is Chris Belcher. Thanks for hanging out with us. Joining me, as always, is the young buck, Mr. Andy York. Andy, it's early on a Monday morning. Backlashes in the rearview mirror. How are we feeling? I was thoroughly surprised. I mean, I this is a pay-per-view I was not expecting to be any good at all because I think we kind of talked about it last week of like I had no hype for any of the matches other than basically Cody and Seth and Edge and AJ Little and it over-delivered. I mean, it over-delivered big time. I, you know, I was talking to a guy at work. Shout out to him. I'm not going to mention his name if anybody is listening and knows him. Um, I was talking to a guy at work, and he said the same thing. Like, he was not invested in this pay-per-view at all. Like, I was the total opposite. Like, maybe I'm in the minority as a WWE fan or whatever, but I was all in on this pay-per-view from the get-go, but I'm like you. It certainly delivered better than I could have even expected, and I was all in on it. Yeah, Like, I'm okay with seeing some of the... Here's the thing with rematches from WrestleMania, especially with this being branded as WrestleMania Backlash. We know we're going to get some follow-up matches because as we discuss, some stories end at WrestleMania, some stories begin, yada, yada, yada. But they're 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 built as such big high profile matches at WrestleMania anyway mm-hmm. that it's one of those things of we want to see if we can top that. Can Cody and Seth top it? Can Edge and AJ top it? Ronda and Charlotte had nowhere to go but up, so they were certainly going to top it. So that's why I'm okay with some of the things. Now there were a couple of things like we discussed last week that I wish would have been some different. But because some of these matches were so good, I was just itching to see them all again. Yeah, I just think the build was terrible for this pay per view. Sure, I, the like the 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 match card. I think from every WWE pay per view has the potential of being something really, really good. Sure, <clears throat> but it's the build that I think was absolutely lacking in this thing. I think the only good, the only two like feuds that had a build going into it that was okay or decent or you know enjoyable was Edge and AJ and Cody and Seth. Like that, right. those are the only two that I think had any substance to them. <clears throat> and I think you could have had RK Bro and the Usos in that category until they threw in Roman and threw in Drew, and then it just kind of became this whole big thing. Right. But I think that was my issue. Was like there was there was no build to this pay per view at all. And it seems like when there's no build to a WWE pay per view, the pay per view itself absolutely delivers in a weird mm-hmm. way. So I was thoroughly shocked and surprised, and I, I really really enjoyed it. Well, the headline match is certainly 
uh, were there. They were up to par. They delivered the filler matches. Well, they were there as well. Uh, they did not deliver as much as we hoped, but it is what it is. We'll get, we'll get into all of it. Uh, were you surprised that they kicked the show off with Cody and Seth? No, no. I think that was smart. I think that's, I think either that one or Edge and AJ had to start off because it was going to get the crowd hot and get everybody ready and rolling. And I, I think it was the right call to have that go out first. Yeah, I was definitely, I was a little taken back, but you know, like you, once I thought about it, I'm like, well, what else are they going to start with? Mad Cat Moss right. and Happy Corbin? I, no, that's dumb. Right. So, yeah, good that they started off with Cody and Seth. I'm not <laughs> sure if this was as good as their Mania match. I think a lot of circumstances go into that. The fact that it was Cody's debut, it was the shock value. It was, I'm surprised they went 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. Wow, it's way better than I thought. Versus now we have some build, and we still see a great match. And they delivered. I don't know about you. I'm going to have to go back and watch the Mania match and just and see what I think. But this was an incredible match. Not only a, kick, a, a match to kick off the show, but, man, they delivered. It was fantastic. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I think this was probably my match of the night. Was this first one was Cody and Seth. I I loved every second of it. I loved um, all the little things because that, that that's one of the not issues, but that's something you can run into when you have a lot of rematches from a pay per view before, especially like mm -hmm. WrestleMania. Is that each match can still feel the same as it did at WrestleMania? They did a great job of switching things up and making it feel different, um, especially when Cody started to hit the dusty punches and was trying to go for the elbow and all of that. It's like, I love when they sprinkled in stuff like that. Um, right. I don't know. I'm like you. I don't know if this was better than the WrestleMania match. Obviously, we have a little bias because we were in the building for that WrestleMania right. match. But I I loved everything about this match up until the finish. I don't think Seth needed to lose via roll-up. I kind of get why they're doing it because I honestly think we're going to get this again at Hell in a Cell. Yep. I think we're going to run this back for a third time. Yep. I still think you could have had Cody win and have Seth still just be Seth <laughs> and, and right. you know, kind of call him out for it again as well. So that was the only issue I had was the roll-up finish, but I kind of get why they did the roll-up finish in that scenario, in that situation. But I loved it. I thought it was a great match all the way through. Um, Cody is proving that he is a main event player. I know a lot of people still aren't sold on him being a main eventer. I think he's a, I think he is a main eventer at this point and still, top three to, to to dethrone Roman at some point. Yeah, I don't understand why people aren't sold on him as a main eventer. I I, I just can't see it. Like, and, and again, maybe we're biased because we're still riding on the high from WrestleMania. We were there. We were we bought the shirt at the merch stand as soon as the <laughs> match was over kind of thing, you know? So I don't know if it's, if it's that bias that's getting in the way, but man, I... He's absolutely a main event player. I think it's people that um, maybe weren't happy that he was in AEW to begin with and just were sour on him the whole time anyway. Uh, or people that, you know, like me, that got mad at him for pigeonholing himself as soon as AEW started, saying he wasn't going to go for the title. And But I'm, I'm obviously over that. There's probably, there might be a contingency of people who's not. Nonetheless, it's a different company. It's a different time. Cody Rhodes in a WWE ring is still undefeated. Uh, I'm like you. I could take or leave the roll-up, I think. I I didn't like it. I see. I'm like you. I see why they did it, though. Nonetheless, 
a hundred percent we're headed to hell in a cell with this. I don't know that Seth wins the hell in a cell match either. Um, but, uh, but again, one of the big things of this match that I noticed of this feud really that I noticed is Seth hasn't hit a stomp on Cody at all. No, not one. No, but not I'm, even, not even on raw, not even anything. And I'm so happy for it because yeah. I, that move used to be super protective. Sure. And now it feels like everybody kicks out of the stomp. Yeah. Like, and I, I know, you know, <clears throat> bringing up old, old wounds, but I think part of that is that fiend feud where he hit like 12 of them and still couldn't get the job done. Sure. And then he's hit like four or five on Roman still couldn't get the job technically done. And so I, I'm, I'm glad they haven't busted that move out yet. I hope they just save it because I, I think that should be one of those of honestly, it should be like a claymore. As soon as it's hit, it's over. Like that's the yeah. end of the match and the person is laid out. So I'm glad they haven't done that yet. Um, but it is interesting that they haven't done it. Like I, I was fully expecting Seth to hit a curb stomp and then Cody kick out. Like, yep, that, that was that was something I was really expecting to happen. At least on a raw, like we haven't even seen Seth like beat Cody down. No, on a raw, he or just pushed like, him off a turnbuckle. That was it. <laughs> right, he pushed him off a turnbuckle, and then they kind of they kind of started trading blows. I think it was last week, mm -hmm. uh, but nobody really got the upper hand. So I don't know. I find it very interesting. I'm like you. I like that it's protected, though. It makes it feel special. It makes it feel lethal. It'll be interesting to see what happens at Hell in a Cell, but no doubt mm -hmm. that we're headed there for this match. A great way to kick off the show. I don't know that I'm ready to say match of the night, but it was definitely right up there. Again, I thought this pay-per-view was incredible top to bottom, so it was hard for me to pick match of the night. Let's go to the match that clearly was not the match of the night. That was... <laughs> Our unanimous decision of the turd sandwich of the pay-per-view and it over-delivered, if you want to say, uh, from that perspective. Lashley and Omos, man, this was really hard to watch. This yeah. was not good at all. No, no I, I'm trying to be on the Omos train because I, I, I get why you would want him to be such a big guy in the company, a big star. Um, I feel bad for Bobby though. Like I, this, the, I feel like this feud does absolutely nothing for Bobby Lashley. Nope. And I, I hate that because he should be in like, he should be one of the guys that we think of when we think of someone to beat Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley should be in that conversation. Sure. And so I, you know, I hate it for Bobby. I hate it for Omos cause he's trying to get started and trying to get things rolling. Um, but when you're that big, you don't have a lot of movement. Right. <laughs> and I think that's, that's part of the issue is he has no movement. He has no. He has nothing really to do. Excuse me. Allergies are a, a pain today. I kill him. Um, but I, you know, I, I wasn't. I didn't hate the WrestleMania match. I thought the suplex spot was really cool. Like I, mm -hmm. I think that part really delivered. So I think their Mania match was better yep, than I this. Agree. But I hope this is it. I hope we kind of move on. I hope we move on to like Bobby and MVP. Yeah, that gummit. I, I yeah. hope we move on to Bobby and MVP because I. I you know, when he put in the Hurt Lock on on, on MVP, that got kind of a, a reaction out of people sure because did. they wanted to see it. So I hope we had that way, but I, I feel like we're going to get a third match. Well, and then MVP got involved as well uh, in the match. So that was, um, of course, you knew MVP was going to get involved because Omos is not going to win clean, especially against Bobby Lashley, who they're trying to get over and all that kind of stuff. 
So I get that, but man, there was I noticed there were some spots where Omos just either looked lost or yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know. It just it wasn't good. No, it was. I can't express enough how hard this was to watch. <laughs> I feel bad. The reason I feel bad for Omos is not the fact that they're trying to get him over and it's not working or you know whatever. AJ's juju did not rub off on Omos no, no. at all. <laughs> like none whatsoever. But the thing about Omos is like his presence enough is intimidating. Sure like, is. That's that's the thing of like when he walks, when he stands in a ring with Bobby Lashley and towers over Bobby, you realize this dude is huge. Like this dude is, I yep. didn't realize how big he actually was until we saw him at Mania. And then I was blown away by how big he actually is. Yeah. And that, that's the draw factor. So like, mm-hmm. The little wrestling he does, the better. I mean, it, honestly, it's like Goldberg. Like his wrestling is not the draw. It's his how big he is is the right. draw, and I think that sh- should be the focus. Not fifteen minute matches, ten minute matches, however long it went. That it, it was way too long. <laughs> well, and WWE production team, kudos to them for the way that they shot that match. Because if you notice, that was the only match that they used the camera angle from under the bottom rope and yep. shot up into the ring. So it looked great. So kudos yep. to them for doing that. I think you know, feel bad for Bobby Lashley too. You mentioned that he should be, you know, one of these guys up against Roman or whatever, but I'm still on the train of Bobby needs a mouthpiece. Absolutely. I'm not saying he's not a good baby face, but it's really hard for people to have this humongous, big, heel run from Bobby Lashley for over a year, mm-hmm. a year and a half, really. And then the only turn that you get is MVP turning on him and automatically he's a big baby face and he knows how to handle himself like that. Just it, it's not good. No. And I'm telling you the perfect person to put with him right now is I think you could bring in LA Knight because they want him as a manager yes. in this point in time. Yes. And he could be a babyface manager. We we saw him be a babyface in NXT. Yep. He could be a babyface manager with Bobby Lashley. Um, I don't necessarily like LA Knight as just a manager because I think he deserves to be in the ring as well. But I, I think you could put LA Knight and Bobby Lashley together, and I think it would work really, really well. That would be whatever kind of stable he's building on SmackDown. Bobby mm-hmm. could be the forefront of it. Like, I think it could be some sort of combination of the Hurt Business and Private Party in AEW, like when yeah. they were big baby faces. Like, that's what you could do with that. And MVP, or not MVP, LA Knight be the mastermind of it. I think mm-hmm. it's great. I, I think yeah. that's a fantastic idea. All right. Speaking of AJ Styles, a minute ago, we saw <laughs> the much-anticipated rematch of Edge and AJ from WrestleMania Backlash. Again, I need to go back and rewatch Mania to figure out which one I liked better. I think I'm going to lean towards the Backlash match. Not totally sure, but man, these two guys had such an incredible match last night. I thought we were going to get a DQ finish at the end. I'm so glad oh, did we too. didn't. Oh, I would have I would have <laughs> been so, so mad. I know. I was so ready cuz especially after the roll up, I was like this is they're not going to give us any definitive finishes tonight. Right. We're going to just keep moving on. I loved it. I this was my favorite Edge and AJ match, I think, out of the two. I think they were clicking better. Honestly, I think AJ running into the stage at WrestleMania kind of threw him off a little. Probably to be did. Honest. And I understand why, because I, he hit it hard. Uh, but, I, you know, I really, really enjoyed this match. Obviously, the 
the swerve at the end, I'm a big fan of. And yes. we'll we'll jump to it here in a little bit, I'm sure. But I it's clearly writing on the wall. We're heading to Hell in a Cell. This match, yep. this feud <laughs> is going to take place inside of Hell in a Cell because they built it that way. And I'm that's why I'm happy kind of with the placement of Hell in a Cell now, instead of being in October, kind of being two pay-per-views after Mania. Because now you get this feud going into it, or you get uh, Seth and Edge going into it last year. Like uh, you can kind of build it into this uh, kind of thing. So I, you know, I really, really am excited for it. I'm excited to see what they're going to do inside Hell in the Cell. I don't think Judgment Day is done growing. I think they're going to continue to grow, and I am looking forward to what they're going to do with it. Uh, AJ finally going to get his win at Hell in a Cell. Probably. I think that's a good place. I think that's a good place for him to win. And it kind of shows that Edge needed the help to beat AJ. And it kind of sets AJ up without diminishing Edge any. I think I think it works out really well for that. Well, also, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, it'll be AJ's first Hell in a Cell match. Mm-hmm. I believe. I think so. I don't think he's ever I had think so Because he's, he's been in Elimination Chamber. Twice. Twice, Three I times? think. Something like that. But he hasn't been in Hell in a Cell yet. Nope, I don't think so. So this will be good. Uh, yeah. So it's it's funny. The two biggest Raw matches from Mania and now Backlash are the ones that are headed for Hell in a Cell, <laughs> um, and no titles on the line. So nope. very interesting. So that again, I just said it. No titles on the line. Some of the biggest matches coming out of WrestleMania, it just goes to show you that you don't need a title to build a big feud and to make it feel special and important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's unanimous that all fans would, they might not agree with it. They might be sick of it, you know, seeing the same match, but that's what happens when you have a big feud like this. But if you're going to put two titles on a guy, make sure he defends it on a pay-per-view because then it doesn't feel as special. (laughs) Well, maybe. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. But anyway, regardless, Rhea Ripley, the swerve at the end, joining uh, Judgment Day. I kind of thought it was going to be Balor, but then when Balor came out and jumped, mm-hmm. Priest is like, okay, well, that's not going to happen now. So Rhea Ripley, a very nice swerve. New uh, look. New look, mm-hmm. black hair. I dig it. Again, she's perfect for this role. I'm interested to kind of see... Not like what Judgment Day is about, because we kind of know what they're about. But with Edge has been hearkening this back to the brood and Gangrel and Christian and himself, there was kind of a common thread between those three. They had the same look. Mm -hmm. They had the same vibe. They had whatever. Judgment Day, Edge is kind of picking people out. I just wonder, like, I don't know what what's the glue that holds them all together. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I don't know. I think it seems like it seems like he's kind of taking a mentorship on a lot of younger right talent. I mean, obviously, I know Damian Priest is like thirty five, thirty six. He's in his thirties, I think. Um, but I like <clears throat> he's taking a lot of newer guys, newer girls, and putting them together, kind of being a mentor. But they're all kind of like the same dark character like damian right. priest was definitely like a he's like a brood-esque type person anyway right. um rhea ripley obviously has that goth look to her as well um i think you could throw in like 
if they really want to expand this thing and let it grow, I think you could throw in Alexa Bliss if she ever came back into yeah. this and let her be a part of it. You could throw in Tommaso Ciampa if you really wanted him to be a part of it. Where's Mason T-Bar? Throw them back in as the tag team. Like, make them feel big. <laughs> like, that, like they fit perfectly in that kind of right. system. You know, so I don't know. I, I feel like. I feel like it's the brood meets the ministry of darkness in a lot of ways. And I think we're kind of building to that. Um, so I, I honestly, I don't think we're going to just have these three be in it. I think we're going to have multiple people in it. And I am, I'm looking, looking forward to when we get to like the end, maybe SummerSlam, maybe WrestleMania next year. And there's like <laughs> 10 people in it. Then it's mm-hmm. going to be really cool to see that happen. Uh, were you okay with Rhea costing AJ the match or? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's smart. I really think that's smart because, I mean, now there's a reason to go inside Hell in a Cell. WrestleMania, right. Priest cost AJ. Backlash, Rhea cost AJ. So he's going to go inside the cell to make sure nobody costs them this time. Right. Um, and then that, that, like, to me, that makes sense. That That's the best way. Other than, like, because I think it makes more sense of that happening than, like, after the match, Rhea comes out and hits, like, a riptide on AJ or whatever because I just feel like that would make AJ look a little weaker and mm-hmm. not look as strong as he does now, because now he has an actual complaint of like, okay, we need to do this thing inside of a structure right? to keep everybody out. Mm-hmm. And so I can punish edge. Like I, to me, it makes sense to do it like they did it. And you're good with the, the submission pass out finish. Yeah. Okay. Don't let AJ get pinned and don't tap him out. Don't let him tap out. Let him pass out. And the, the submission looked brutal. When he when he hooked the arm around uh, AJ's throat, that looked na- I mean, that looked nasty. So I was alright with that. It was it was it was very good. I was I mean, obviously, look, I'm wearing the shirt from WrestleMania, so I was I was a big <laughs> fan of this match, big fan of this feud going in. I love love love. I was thinking about this as I was rewatching this match this morning before we hit record. I love Edge's storytelling. Like I mm-hmm. know we talk about it all the time about how Edge is doing some of the best work of his career, and it, it just shows because yep. you had the three matches with Rollins. You had the story with Roman Reigns. Uh, technically, one of those matches had Daniel Bryan in it, but you still had the story with Roman Reigns. And now you've got this stuff with AJ. Of course, you had the one, two, technically three, if you count the Royal Rumble matches with Randy Orton. So now you've got this trilogy of matches with AJ and edge is not the kind of guy that is going to like, let tell a story to let one match happen and then let it die. Oh, like no. that, that's oh. not the way it's going to work. Right. It's, it's something that WWE has been lacking for a long time. And I just wonder if it's something that now the edge is in there and that they're seeing that it's working and people are still behind it. Because listen, that crowd last night was just as excited to see this match yep. last night as they were to see it at WrestleMania. Yeah. So I wonder if it's something where people will see this method and make it work, uh, apply it elsewhere, so to speak. Yeah. And I hope so, because like at, that's one of the frustrating things, especially like the last year or so. And that's that's one of my biggest complaints or gripes with Roman's run as universal champion is he's had a couple of feuds where they've never brought it back up again. Like they right. haven't talked anything about it. We still don't understand what happened with him and the demon at extreme rules last year. Right. The Seth Rollins thing. We 
they never picked it back up after he got them got himself disqualified. So like there there's a lot of like missing pieces that need to be picked up, and that's something Edge does not do is. He doesn't tell you the full story right away. He makes you wait for it, but they build to this massive story of like yep. something that we all remember, like Edge and uh, Edge and Seth. That entire story was absolutely perfect from the yep. start to the finish. Absolutely perfect, and I feel like Edge and AJ is going to be the same way. And I feel like it's that old school like mentality because Bully Ray talks about it all the time of like he'll do independent stuff, but he's not going to come in just to do one match. He's coming in to do a story. And they're going right. to tell a story. Um, and, you know, some stories need to go two pay-per-views. Some stories need to go three. Some may need to go four or five, to be honest. And I, he's really, really good at telling these long, drawn-out stories without making you lose interest. And I, that, right. that's something that's absolutely amazing to see. Do you think moving forward, as we've both established, this feud's going to go at least another month? Edge brought up AJ's family. Mm-hmm previously and that's been a point of contention for aj do you think we see something like we saw with seth going into aj's house maybe not edge and judgment day going into the house but do you see something like that possibly playing out as we get darker and darker into this this action something like that or i don't know if you remember or not i don't know if you were watching in this time or not but um when uh I just lost the name of the faction. Uh, CM Punk's group uh, in, in WWE. Straight Edge Society. Uh, Straight Edge Society. Yep. When they were feuding with Rey Mysterio, and it was Dominic's birthday, mm. and CM Punk came out singing Happy Birthday to Dominic and was just like this creepy, eerie. Like I think something like that is going to happen. I don't think it's going to be to the extent of what Samoa Joe did with Wendy because that was <laughs> that was amazing and that was funny. I don't think they're going to go that way with it, but I think, right. they're, I think they are going to do something sinister and dark and to really like maybe they're not going to set up hell in a cell just yet but after whatever he does with aj's family that's when they're going to get brought into hell in a cell and that's when that's going to start to open up and you're going to start to see the pit bull side of aj that everybody talks about Uh, it's going to come out and he's going to beat the crap out of edge (laughs) so yeah i think for tonight on raw i think we need to we need to let it lie for a minute i think rhea ripley needs to get an opportunity to to tell her side Mm -hmm. to establish why she's there and maybe continue what she's doing with Liv Morgan so that we see the judgment day faction spill over into something else. Um, And then maybe you pick AJ back up the following week or or whatever. Um, Let's move on to the SmackDown women's championship. The fourth match of the night, Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey, the match that I know you weren't looking forward to. I wasn't looking forward to after WrestleMania because as I said in the intro, all they could do was go up. So it had to be better than what we got, man. What we got last night at WrestleMania backlash should have been the WrestleMania match. Like we did not really have any gimmick matches at WrestleMania. This should have been exactly what we got. And judging by the crowd reaction, I think they felt the same way too, because and Ronda got a big pop when she won the match. Yeah, I I was shocked kind of by the pop that she got. The match itself was really good, and like, yeah, I think it goes to show that Ron, especially Ronda and Charlotte together, they don't need to just have a straight up wrestling match because it's not gonna, it's not gonna work very well. But when right. you throw in like an I Quit match and they're able to do a lot of stuff, and you know, it, it makes it work a lot better. I'm still not 
happy that Ronda won. I don't want Ronda as champ. I don't want Charlotte as champ, to be honest. I'm kind of sick of both of them at the at the point at this point in time. But the match itself, I it overdelivered. I was not looking forward to it at all. Um, and I caught myself like kind of popping a little bit when yep. she when she was beating the crap out of Charlotte with those kendo sticks. I yep. <laughs> I felt bad for Charlotte in that point in time because that looked that looked absolutely rough. I will say the finish was a little eh, because Charlotte's arm was bending the way that a normal person's arm is supposed to bend, and then she quit. So that to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But but it, w- but it was through a chair. Come on, suspended because that boys. adds some. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's that's the, that's the part that made it hurt. <laughs> yeah. um, but that like to me that was the only issue of like they could have they could have made it look a little more sinister or something but it was still it was still a really great match i enjoyed it much more than the wrestlemania match um but i hope we don't see this match up for a while <laughs> again uh judging by all of the rumor and innuendo that's come out online since the match charlotte's gonna take a hiatus for a little while especially Good. because it was reported that she has a fractured radius so yeah um that deserves some time off so to speak yeah but that just means that we're probably going to see Ronda Rousey in that championship at SummerSlam. We're probably going to see her. Yeah, and uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they did Ronda Becky at SummerSlam. Um, yeah, me too. But, but I think that, that ship has sailed. And I don't want Becky to lose to Ronda. Becky needs to beat Ronda. And I don't know if that's going to happen at SummerSlam or not, but we'll see as we get closer to it. Well, I mean, I think you have to look at the fact that Becky, like we've been speculating, could win Money in the Bank the month or you know a couple weeks before. Yeah, cash it in on Ronda, win the title, and then Ronda be like, "Nah, time to have a rematch," <laughs> and that you know that's the way that it works. I, I don't know. Yeah, but I definitely we're getting Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam in Nashville. Yeah, with or without the title, we're getting. I know we were both kind of hoping that Charlotte would win this and that would kind of be the end of Ronda, but <laughs> WWE is really going to book a UFC Hall of Famer in an I Quit match and have her lose. Like, that wasn't going to happen. Once the stipulation of I Quit came out, I knew Ronda was going to win this. I knew we were where we were heading for this, but part of me was kind of hoping that, you know, maybe she would pull a. Uh, a rock and just have the I quit come over the speaker or something, but that didn't happen. So, you know, I thought about that too. And that would have been like, that hasn't been done in a while. It hasn't. You're right. Yeah. Somebody needs to, you would have thought they would have pulled that off in the Thunderdome. Like that would have been the perfect time to pull that off. Nobody would have known whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, (laughs) but honestly, man, like they over delivered. I was very, very happy with the match. Thought it was really, really good. Like I said, this is what I was. If we would have got this match mm. at WrestleMania, we're already talking about how great WrestleMania was and how awesome Night One was. Could you imagine if that match got added to Night Number One? Man, yeah, wow. Yeah, that I think that was was Omos and Bobby the Night One too. No, no it was, it was Drew and it was Drew and Corbin, Corbin. which was I, really honestly, good. I, honestly, I think that was probably the worst match of Night One. Was yep. Ronda Charlotte. If you add yeah. that to, if you add this match to WrestleMania, I don't know if it would still, if it would have worked as well as Backlash because I don't think people were. I don't know. I just I feel like it may not have worked as well as it did here, but I still think it would have worked better than what we got at Mania, right. and that would have added much more to Night One than 
that kind of that that their match kind of took away from that one a little bit. I think this would have added to it more. Right. Yeah. Yep. I agree with that. All right. Speaking of Happy Corbin, he and Madcap Moss in the second filler match of the night. Uh, Madcap Moss getting the win. The dude is over. It's really, really funny that the dude is as <laughs> over as he is. I was talking to the same guy at work last night during the pay-per-view, and he was like, I just don't get it. Like, they need to change his gimmick or something. I'm like, why? It's over. And I People don't love it. I don't understand it either, but it's over. So the same reason why someone like Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy is over is it's so ridiculous that only certain people could pull it off. And I feel like he's right. one of the guys that can absolutely pull it off. I I used to hate him. Like when he first showed up, I used to hate him, but now for some reason I just he's funny. Like I I love him and he's entertaining to me. And so it's much like it's a lot like the Ezekiel thing. Like on paper, the Ezekiel thing should be the stupidest thing we watch. Yes. And yet it's the most entertaining thing sometimes on Monday Night Raw between Kevin Owens and Ezekiel, Elias's brother, if you didn't know that. Uh it's just so funny. And I just things like that's like true comedy is what I miss sometimes in WWE because we get like cheesy comedy that's not funny sometimes. Ezekiel and Mad Cat are actually funny things that happen, and right. it's it's a breath of fresh air to see that sometimes. A breath of fresh air. Let me go back in my memory bank real quick. It's about a oh. month. Was yeah. it about a month oh, yeah. ago. He was a heel. He was a heel. Where where I think Andy may have said I was physically ill when he won the Andre Battle that, Royal. Yes, that was not because <laughs> he won. That's because they they the way they did Finn is what made him physically ill. But yes, oh I don't goodness. know. Like I honestly, like, I, he turned face and he went up against Corbin. And who is nobody is going to be hated when you're facing Corbin. Like, that, that is very that, true too. That's the thing. Nobody's going to hate you if you're going up against Corbin. So that I think that played a part into it as well. That is very true. Uh, nonetheless, so this was a pretty decent match. It was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely found myself doing other things during the match. It's about five minutes, five or seven minutes too long for me. Probably. Um, I needed to cut a little time off of it. That's the thing with, with not with comedy gimmicks per se, because there are comedy gimmicks where the wrestler is really good. I'm not saying that Moss is good or is not, but sometimes less is more with those. Sometimes shorter is better. So we get in, we hit a couple spots, we get in the win and we get out. That's that, that would have been my preference, but. It is what it is, I guess. <laughs> um, main event time, or where Andy says should not have been the main event. I think it should have been the main event, and was the main event. Maybe I'm a shill. Who knows? R.K. McBro, which the great name. I love. When the name. listen, I love the name. when I heard that last night, I don't think I heard it last week. They, they said, said it on, it Friday, on SmackDown. Yeah, they said. It on I don't. Smackdown. I don't think I recognized it on Friday, <laughs> but hearing it last night. Like, that is great. It's a great like, name. Whoever came up with that, if Matt Riddle did, like, okay, fine, <laughs> kudos. Like, that's really that's a good. great name. RK McBrow, uh, Orton, Riddle, and McIntyre against the Bloodline, Roman Reigns and the Usos. I really thought, man, and I said this on the podcast last week, I thought this was 100% the way to have Roman lose a match without losing a match and it not hurt him and not lose the belt or anything and yep. build some steam to somebody taking, you know, challenging him for the title. And it didn't happen. 
Like yep. they, Roman is, I get that you want to make him strong, but Hulk Hogan lost the six-man tag every now and then back in the 80s and 90s. Come on. And honestly, that's why, one, I don't think it should have been the main event, but two, like, <clears throat> this could have started off the show and you could have switched Cody and Seth and this, and it would have been the same exact feeling in a lot of ways. Sure. Um, but I will say, if Roman was going to win, why not put all the titles on the line? Because that yes. would have added so much more to this. Match. I agree. Like yep. I enjoyed this match. I'm not trying to say I didn't. I loved this match. It was a lot of fun. This would have added so much more to it, though. And when Randy hits the RKO and is about to pin uh, Jimmy, like that, there's your big suspense. When Riddle hits the bro Derek on Jay, there's your suspense. And then when Roman slides in and hits the spear to win, one, he won the Usos, their their undisputed tag championship. So now he has that over them. So whenever they try to break it up, he can say, I'm the reason why yep. you're holding these titles. He get he retains his titles. Both titles are on the line. Everything feels heightened. And so that that was my biggest issue is this match to me had no stakes at all. Right. It was just a match. And yes, I understand that there that, that can happen, but not on a pay-per-view. Like a pay-per-view every match should have a stake behind it. And that was not the case with this. It was just kind of a house show style match. It kind of felt like a house show match kind of going through it. Um, I will say this, Drew McIntyre is getting to Randy Orton's level status with hitting that Claymore out of nowhere because that dude is just dropping Claymores left and right out of nowhere. And Listen, I, I love it every time. He, when he hit Roman with that Claymore last night, oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. The pop <laughs> that he got was insane. Speaking of pops, We've talked about this at WrestleMania, and we've yeah. talked about it since, and we're going to continue to talk about it. Randy freaking Orton <laughs> and the pops WWE. that that guy gets. He is the most over guy in WWE. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think there's a question now. Like, no, he is no. the number one most over guy. Yeah, and I, I think, because we talked about it last year when Jeff Hardy was still in the company of, like, for some reason, he was the most over guy in the company. Yeah. Every time he came out, he got a big reaction. I think Randy's taking that spot of like, he takes four bumps maybe per match. And he is still like getting cheer. He got the hot tag in a match with Drew McIntyre. And he's the one that got, like, and I understand why. I'm not saying he shouldn't. He just hits RKOs and people pop and he just yep. hits a clothesline and people pop. So yep. I, I love Randy Orton. I think he is just, He's having the most fun it looks like in his career right now, and he's enjoying it, and it's a lot of fun to see. I will say this. Somebody needs to teach Roman and the Usos how to take a daggum RKO <laughs> because you don't land on your knees. You land flat. If you're taking a stunner, you land on your knees. That was like That's one of my biggest complaints is they always land on their knees when you're taking an RKO. Well, I think when Roman took it last night, it was supposed to be mid-spear. And it was a mid-spear or mid-Superman punch. One of the two, I yeah. think, is what it was supposed to be, and the camera just didn't quite get the angle that they needed to for you to see that it was it still looked awesome. Yeah, oh, it was great. I it thought it was awesome. awesome. And then yeah. when uh, Jimmy hit the super kick on Randy, and Randy kind of sold it, and they just hit an RKO. Yeah. I was so <laughs> stupid, but I loved it. That like Man. that's that's the stuff that I love when it comes to Randy of like yep. him just not caring and not like no selling a super kick and then just hitting an RKO like stuff like that is so fun with him. I mean, 
the dude, I was shocked when he started the match. I was like, wait, what, yeah. what, wait, what? Randy yeah. is starting this thing? And then he wasn't in there for two minutes and he tagged out. No, like, okay, no. okay. It was just for Randy to get in there. <laughs> we talked about hot tags. Randy getting the hot tag and it was great. And the place went nuts, whatever. But dude, when they hit the tag to Drew McIntyre and Roman oh, yeah. tagged in, oh, the, yeah. the electricity in that place was insane. Yeah. Oh my God. That- that is something that Roman has gotten so much better about. Yep. Is his facial expressions on a lot of stuff. Like if yep. you go back and watch when Cena returned at Money in the Bank and when Brock returned at SummerSlam, the face that he makes when their music hits is perfect. Yep. The face he made when Drew tagged in and he tagged in and he realized he was in there by himself was like, oh crap. Here we go. Like, here yep. we go with this again. I will also say credit to Matt Pat McAfee and Michael Cole because they made this match feel bigger than it actually was. Yes. Um, on commentary and Pat McAfee losing it when Roman tagged in and then just tagged right back out and got out. I <laughs> loved it. I absolutely loved it. So that oh was my goodness. Credit to both those guys for making this match feel as big of a deal as it actually like bit makes it feel bigger than it actually was. Yeah. I, I popped a lot when, when that happened. I thought that was, that was hilarious, <laughs> but Man, the all-star commentary team was assembled for yeah. one match. Yeah. Michael Cole, Pat McAfee, and Corey Graves. Like I thought you could tell about halfway through the match, and this is the commentator in me listening for this kind of stuff, that McAfee started laying out a lot more Yeah, because he, I don't know if it was he was learning from Graves or he was just kind of letting Corey go. Or whatever, but you could see McAfee kind of dying out and really just barely coming in there towards the end because yeah. Cole and Graves started getting in a groove because they've worked together for so long. Right. And I think, honestly, I think that was Pat's first time in a three man booth. So, like, he's probably, I think he's, he's used to, I think he did it in Sm- uh, on NXT one time. He was on a three man booth, but that was with Adam Cole feud and all that other stuff that was going on. But with this, like, he's used to just him and Cole and being able to, like, talk whenever you want to talk and say whatever you want to say. They're, they're, it's different when you have three guys. And I think right. I think that was part of it, him learning. He's still my favorite announcer in anything <laughs> right now is Pat McAfee. Right. So I, I, anytime he's on screen, I'm, I'm just going to love it. Listen, speaking of saying what you want to say, did you catch one of the things that McAfee said on commentary last night? I saw where... During, I, during the main I, event... They well, I saw where they panned to the crowd, and there was a kid dressed as the fiend, and he said, "There's the fiend sitting front row, or something like that." As soon as he said that, I went, <laughs> "Pat, I don't think you're supposed to say that, bro." Oh my gosh, he didn't say break. <laughs> he said the fiend. He was fine. It's, he did. It was, he said it was the fine. fiend, but still, like that was funny. Is that the fiend in the front row? Yes, Pat, great. but don't acknowledge it. I, that was great. Oh my gosh, uh, that's the I thing. Said, though, that's that's the thing about Pat is I feel like he's at the point now where he can kind of say whatever he wants, and he's such a big guy. Like he's such a big star in the company and outside of the company that right. they're not going to do anything about it. <laughs> like they're just right. going to be like, "Don't say it next time," and then he'll say it next time, and they're not going to do anything. <laughs> I want. I wonder. Yeah, it's like Degeneration X in the Attitude Era. Oh yeah, well, yeah. you know, I apologize. I'm just going to go out and do it again next week. Yeah. Um. It was I, I find it hilarious because I can just hear in Pat McAfee's earpiece as soon as he gets that line out, hey pal, pro- probably shouldn't say that anymore. See, um, I feel like Vince would be the kind of guy to laugh at it though. 
Like I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like if it's Pat, I think if it's anybody else saying it, he's upset. But with McAfee saying it, I feel like he's laughing about it. Like I, I just feel like he has that relationship with Pat McAfee of like he wants him to go out there and say the things he's not supposed to say right. <laughs> because it's Pat McAfee. Like he's right. going to do that. He did that on Monday. Or he did that on Thursday night of college football games. He said things he was not <laughs> supposed to say. <laughs> oh, Pat McAfee. All right. Man, I know I said earlier that it was hard to pick a favorite match of the night because all these matches were so good. You went with Cody and Seth. I got to go with the main event. I really do. Like, I that I know it felt like a house show match. I know there were no stakes. The storyline that you pitched as to what they should have done was brilliant. Um, it's still going to be my match of the night, though. I yeah. thought it was just... I mean, McAfee said it at the beginning of the match. Look at the freaking talent in this ring. <laughs> like, that is six of the top guys in the game right now. Yep. And we're not even talking about Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, Edge, and AJ Styles. Yep. And that was your, like, that, that was match of the night for me. I loved it. Uh, I want this on record. You just gave Matt Riddle a lot of credit for being one of the top six guys in the company. So that's, that is staying on record from, <laughs> from here until forever. I, I know, not- like, you're, I did not rank them though. So if I were to rank them, he would be number six. Oh, he's got to be at least number four. No, Usos he's are got to be above the Usos. He's got to no, be above the Usos. No, yeah, no. singles competition. He's better than the Usos. I beg to differ. Main event, Jay Uso. Come on. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> but I will say, I will say the match. Like, it's it was going to be impossible to have a bad match when you had those six right. guys in yep. the ring and it needed to be kind of the train wreck that it was. And it was great. And I, it was a lot of fun. I Seth and Cody, man, it was just, yep. they had a lot to live up to with their WrestleMania match and they either tied it or over delivered with it. And that's hard to do. <laughs> and they, the they kind of went out there and did it. The only criticism that I have about the Cody and Seth match. And I meant to mention this earlier and we kind of got sidetracked. Um, my only criticism was like the false finishes that they gave to me weren't like true false finishes. And the reason I say that is because they were hitting moves that we as hardcore fans that watch them all the time know that they've never won with in a match in their lives. So they're probably not going like Seth is not going to win the match with the Falcon arrow. That's not, it's just not going to happen. Now when he hit the pedigree, okay, now we're talking, but just some of the things, some of their false finishes, I was like, eh, but that that's that's the mystery of it, I guess. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I get that, and I agree. But like, Roman's never won off a Superman punch, and yet I pop sometimes on the Superman punch that's because <laughs> because they get you. So like, the Falcon, like there are some moves. Like if it's the person's big move, I understand like the false finish of it because Seth yes. always hits the suplex into the Falcon arrow. Right. Um, Cody hitting the Cody cutter, things mm-hmm. like you know things like that. I, I get that. Um, but I will say like when, when Cody hit the crossroads and Seth's foot landed on the rope, like that was perfect timing. And yes, like, that was. was a perfect, that was a perfect moment. Yep. Um, him hitting a crossroads and trying to do the WrestleMania thing of hitting it again. And Seth learning from like moments like that, little yep. things like that are yep. the things I loved about this match of Seth now was prepared and you could see he was prepared. And the only way Cody was could win was via roll up, and so now we're heading into Hell in a Cell of like, who's going to win? Who's going to be the? Right. Who's actually going to win this full on match or something like that? Yeah, it's definitely going to be very very interesting. 
We will see what happens tonight on Monday Night Raw as you're listening to this on a Monday. Coming up this Thursday, we will be talking all about Monday Night Raw. We'll catch you up on Fallout, what happened, our thoughts on it, as well as catch you up on AEW as we're getting closer to double or nothing, right? Yes, double or nothing at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. So uh, stay tuned this Thursday for that. And then just a little teaser for you. Uh, I just put over Andy's big time storyline with Roman Reigns and how brilliant that that was. <laughs> and if you enjoy that sort of thing, uh, we got a little special thing coming up for you next Monday, especially if you are a fan of fantasy booking and, and all that kind of stuff. Andy and I've got some plans in the works that we're really, really excited about it. We will give you some more details on that coming up Thursday as we nail down some things and make sure we have all our ducks in a row. But stay tuned for some creativity from your boys here at the Pipe Bomb Wrestling <laughs> Podcast. Um, in the meantime and in the between time, make sure that you follow us all over social media at PBW Podcast. Andy is at Andy underscore PBWP. I am at Chris Belcher 24. Make sure you throw some love to the Bodyslam.net YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button and the notifications bell. Throw some love to Tom and the boys over at Sportswire Radio. 24-7 sports coverage at sportnarium.com forward slash player. Make sure that you check out their shows. Interact with them. I know they do live streams every weekend, so make sure you hop on and interact with them. And if you are one of the People who are causing an uptick in our podcast listens on the traditional audio format. Number one, thank you. Number two, please continue to do that. And number three, tell a friend. Give us a five-star review. Let somebody know that you're digging what we're doing. Bring them into the family. I know we would appreciate that very, very much. All right. That'll do it for this WrestleMania Backlash review. Make sure you come check out our show on Thursday as we get the rest of the fallout in AEW coming up this Thursday. For Mr. Andy York, my name is Chris Belcher. Thank you for hanging out with us today on the Bite Bomb Wrestling Podcast. We will catch you guys down the road.